Well, good morning, Portland. Good morning, Jay County. Pastor Bob coming to you this morning with uh, another Bible message straight out of Genesis. So if you got your uh, Bible close by and you want to grab it, we're going to be right there in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and we'll be in chapter four. I spent enough time in chapter three, I think, but boy, do I love chapter three. There's so much in there. There's so much more we can talk about. Last week, we talked about how God came out to Adam and Eve, even though they sinned, they did wrong. Uh, they should have come to God. We have a God who loves us deeply and is so moved to come to us. In fact, again, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, He sent His Son. He sent His Son into the world for us. God does just not does not just sit idly by as the deity that created all of life, all of the universe and everything we know, everything we don't know, created us. Uh, he doesn't just sit idly by. He he deeply loves his creation and wants to be part of it and involved in it. And so he breaks through in history from time to time. Uh, and obviously, uh, Jesus Christ breaking into history and coming into this world to save us. And so I'd like to get started in, in Genesis chapter 4, but just want to let everyone know, I didn't mention it beforehand, but I, I'm uh, another year old. I just had a birthday. My birthday is February 14th, so happy Valentine's Day if uh, if you celebrate that. I do not celebrate Valentine's Day. My poor wife misses out uh, because it's my birthday, and my birthday trumps Valentine's Day. So for for you guys out there, I always say the best day of the year to have a birthday is Valentine's Day. I don't celebrate it. I celebrate my birthday. My wife cooks for me, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. Now, I'm not saying she's thrilled about it. You understand. I'm just throwing it out there that uh, this is how we do it. Now, tomorrow, if you want to come out and celebrate with us on, on February 19th, we're going to be at El Camino at 6 o'clock. We're going to have uh, what we call Bibles and Burrito. We get together at El Camino in the back, and we sit down, and we eat together. And then we have a thought-provoking idea from the Bible. I'll ask a question or two, and we'll try to mix it up a bit. And so you're invited. We just invite everybody down to that. So come on down and uh, eat with us, fellowship with us, and uh, kind of talk uh, a little bit about what God has in store for us, and which is exactly what we're going to do this morning in Genesis chapter 4. Now, I would like to start out with a, a song from back in the day, 1977. Uh, I'm not going to sing it for you, but I will give you a few lyrics. It was sung by Jimmy Buffett, and the title of the song is Macaritaville. Um, it's a catchy little tune if you never heard it. Uh, and again, I'm not singing it for you. Starts out nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake, all of those tourists covered with oil. And so he goes on to talk and he gets down into the chorus. And that's what we want to focus on today, the chorus. He talks about wasting away in Macarinaville, uh, Margaritaville. Okay, I guess after the drink, I'm sorry, Margaritaville. Searching for my lost shaker of salt. In the very first section of of uh, chorus, he says, some people claim that there's a woman to blame, but I know it's it's nobody's fault. And so that's the first chorus. Uh, I, and he finishes it with, I know it's nobody's fault. And so he goes on to sing a little bit more. And he gets down to the chorus a second time, and it's wasting away in Margaritaville, searching for my lost shaker of salt. And, and the second part he adds to it, some people claim that there's a woman to blame, well, now I think it could be my fault. And so he says, it's nobody's fault. It could be my fault. Sings a little bit more, gets down to the chorus again, wasting away in Margaritaville, searching for his lost salt shaker. And he says, somebody claims there's a woman to blame. Now I know it's my fault. 
And so in this particular song, uh, Jimmy Buffett goes from, it's okay, it's nobody's fault. It could be my fault. Uh, It's definitely my fault. And sometimes in our lives today, we don't like to take responsibility for our own actions and say, hey, it's my fault. Um, and and it's very frustrating to me specifically. You know, I, I take I try to take responsibility uh, for the things I do, but when people don't, it's challenging. I remember once when I had my pizza store, there was a mistake, not a, a life changing mistake. Remember, we're talking about pizza, and uh, we had made a mistake. We had to fix the mistake. I was going to take it out to the owner, and I just kind of threw out. It was a very busy night, and I kind of threw out to my crew. I said, "Hey, we we made we we sent out a pizza." to a family and the kids wanted a barbecue chicken we sent out a buffalo chicken the kids won't eat the hot sauce so the buffalo chicken's wrong who did that and i you know i was kind of a little flustered and this one fella can't even remember his name now i just remember it clearly go oh man i remember making that it was my fault and it just took the wind out of my sail because there's not a lot of folks taking responsibility for their actions they like to blame. That's the world we live in today. Blame someone else. It's somebody else's fault. In fact, that is, you know, you can kill somebody nowadays and say, well, you know, my parents didn't love me. Uh, you could do some terrible things and say, well, it was because I wasn't treated right as a kid. And I'm not saying that, you you know, that your life was all, you know, roses and great as you grew up. I'm not saying that, but, you know, we can't blame people sometimes. Uh, for the decisions we make, uh, I, I've done it. I've done. I'm not. I'm not. You know, shaking my finger at people and pointing my finger and saying, "You guy." I'm not saying. I'm, I've done it. I know. And in the Bible here, we have that same kind of situation. We got two guys. So remember, we, the entire world back in Genesis chapter uh, one, two, and three, we have Adam and Eve. Of course, we have God on the scene here in Scripture, and of course, uh, the serpent. But on the planet, on in the world, is two people, Adam and Eve, and they have a child. And so we're in chapter four. And there's a situation going on with these two brothers. So let's get into chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to read down probably at least to, uh, let's go to 17, see if that gets us where we need to be. If not, we'll read some more. Uh, Genesis 4, verse 1. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have uh, gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Uh, She gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruits of the ground. And Abel, on his part, he brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But Cain and his offering, he had no regard, so Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell." Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You'll be a vagrant and a wanderer of the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to bear. 
Behold, you have driven me uh, this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden. I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken out on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain, so that no one finding him would slay him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. And so we'll we'll, we'll go with that for now. And what we want to see here is a couple of things. And so Adam and Eve have this uh, child to start out with, and she gives praise to God. She says, you know, with the help of God, I brought forth a man-child. And so she's giving praise to God right off the bat, as we should today, for the blessings in our life. And so she says to, uh, you know, her husband, hey, God has blessed me. He's brought forth a son. She has another son. And things are going really well. And they start to grow and 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 do their things, as brothers will do. One goes off. Uh, he becomes a tiller of the ground. The other one goes off. He becomes a keeper of the flock. And then time goes by. They want to bring offerings to God for the things God has done. Now, where did they get this idea? Obviously, again, from mom and dad. And so we see mom saying God did this for us. And so they were raised to believe that God was involved in the activities of their life. And so if God is involved in the activities of their life, then the things that are happening in their lives are from God, and God deserves to be praised for them. And, and so you see that here. And we find out that, um, that you know, Cain, he's a tiller of the ground, he brings forth an offering. It just simply says an offering uh, of the ground, of the fruit of the ground. It doesn't say, you know, is it the first fruit, is it the best fruit, is it just, or is it just some fruit? And, and, you know, God always demands the best from us. He doesn't want what's left over. He doesn't want what's second. God gives us the best that he has to offer, and so it's only right that we give the best to God, our first, our best. And that's where really the faith and the sacrifice come in, is, is recognizing that, hey, if I give the best to God, that means I don't have the best, and then God has to then make up the difference, or God then can make up the difference by blessing us in certain ways, if he chooses to. He doesn't have to, but if he chooses to. And God typically blesses those who give first to God. And so here, the Cain, he brings his offering. Abel then, he says, hey, you know, I got to bring an offering too, and so I'm going to go into my livestock, but I'm going to get the best. He, in fact, uh, it says in verse 4 that he brings the firstlings, the, the very first uh, animals born of the flock, the fat portions, the good stuff, the sm- sweet-smelling aroma before God. Both sacrifices, I know some people say, well, he gave animals, he gave uh, uh, vegetables, animals are more pleasing to God. We're not up to the law and to the, the offerings, but God uh, requires both uh, animal offering sacrifices for sin, and he offers grain offerings, uh, free will offerings, and so there's many offerings God expects of his people, Israel. And so it has nothing to do with the fact, I think, that, that uh, Cain uh, gave vegetables. I think it is Cain gave what he had, he just left. You know, Cain took care of Cain, and then when when there was anything left, he gave to God. And this, see, that tends to be the challenge with us today in our time, in our actions, in our money. We give to God what's left over. And a Christian is supposed to put God first, and God blesses those who put him first. And it's challenging in this world. It's challenging because we think we have to get what's coming to us. It's challenging because we think we deserve so much. It's challenging because it's scary to think that I'm not going to have enough money left in my account if I give to God uh, my last $20. You know, Then what do I do? 
you know, we can't be worried about that. God is in control of all things, including our finances. It is scary. I admit that. And 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 here you see that Cain would probably admit that too. It's scary. But is that's the faith part, is trusting in God. God is in control. And once again, as I, I just look at the times going on by and the fact that we haven't even really got into what happens next means we're going to talk about uh, Genesis 4 for at least two weeks. And this is, again, so much information here. We read through it and we want to remember the, you know, the order of when creation was and who killed who, Cain killed Abel. And we go through all this, but God is doing something here and laying out this beautiful foundation and letting us know how much he cares about us by showing us how much he cared about his creation here in the very beginning, going out to them, reaching out to them, and giving them guidance and giving them hope. And that's exactly what we have at the Portland Church of Christ. We use the Bible for our guidance, and our hope is found in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we move on to the next day. Scary sometimes, yes, but faith will get us through. We invite you down to the Portland Church of Christ. We're going to meet this morning at 7. Uh, seven. Yeah, you can come by at 7. We won't be there. At 9.15 for Bible study. We'll take a little break at 10 o'clock, have a coffee break, fellowship a few minutes, and start worshiping at 1020. We invite you to come on down and fellowship with us. Remember, tomorrow night, we're going to be meeting at El Camino at 6 o'clock. We'd love to have you come and eat with us and fellowship with us. May God bless you this day.